tuned in to All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. What is up? Welcome to the All Things Music Podcast. My name is Ryan. Ian's not here with us today because he's got that 9 to 5, but... For me, you know, I can do this whenever I want. So welcome to a surprise episode of the All Things Music Podcast. We do have Ryan Tuck O'Leary. I don't know if you like to go by Ryan or Tuck or Joe Rogan of Metalcore, whatever you want to do. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Yeah, wow, that hasn't been my handle for a minute, but that was a solid one. You know, I should have really kept the name up through all the Joe Rogan bullshit or like reinstated it, but. Um, yeah, Tuck, I guess I, I, is what I go by the most uh, cool. these days. Um, it's funny, though, you know, although it is my real name, the only people that really call me Ryan these days are like my parents, grandma, mm-hmm. you know, wife, you know, but everybody else calls me Tuck. I always um, wonder but, about that. Like, it, it, just an example, like MGK, like his real name's Colson. If yeah. I were to go up to him and be like, hey, Colson, like, would he respond or do I you think get to he that would point? prefer it. I think you would prefer it. Yeah. Yeah, I you, like I like when people like know my real name and call me that. It's not like I have a um an issue with my name. I love my name. Um and I I was worried like when I started like going by a nickname nor if my parents would find it offensive, but it's more just for instance, your name is Ryan. The other right. guy in my band, his name is Ryan. My neighbor growing up, his name was Ryan. I had a million Ryan like there's no tucks. Yeah, it's sort so, of almost out of necessity, like just to yeah. not get confused. And I can imagine exactly uh, like a good friend of mine's name is Ryan, and it says I don't call him Ryan; I call him Zimke. His last name's Zimke, so I'm just yeah. like you know. And that's why I mean Kirby, we call Kirby, but that's why we came up with the nickname for me was because we had two Ryans. Um, and one day I was going on a date when we were making Slave to Nothing because we were near the city, so I was still like pretty close to the home. Uh, cause in, it was in Belleville, New Jersey. And, uh, I just like got, you know, dressed up and shit. And Bobby looked at me and he was like, yo, looking good, Tuck. Hmm. That's why I called Tuck. That's beautiful. Shirt so Listen, fun fact it, for the listeners out there. It, it is one of those things where you don't get to decide your nickname. Sometimes, sometimes people just endear you with one. And it's a good thing when you get that nickname. That's like, Okay, I can live with that or yeah. whatever. Sometimes you get a nickname. There was a, I think you're, you're a sports fan. I know like other guys are in, in your band are sports yeah. fans. There, oh, there was a, a running back uh, for, I think, the Buccaneers named Doug Martin. And his nickname was Muscle Hamster. And because he's a really short, bulky guy. And he yeah. hated that nickname. Like he was not a fan. Oh, he would sure. tell press all the time, like, don't call me that. Like I'm offended by it, whatever. But it got to the point if you're a football player, it doesn't matter how many times you tell somebody not to do something. You're too popular and too big to to yeah. shed yourself of that. So it just stuck, and and he was not happy about that. So that's like an example I could think of for that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so I want to tell the listeners at some point here we're gonna dive into Magic the Gathering, and half of my audience is probably Fuck gonna tune yeah. out. I don't want to do that right away because I don't want half the audience to tune out right away. So we'll we'll save that for towards the end. You got um, it. But there's a couple things that I wanted to touch on. Uh, first of all, I see that you guys are going to Australia pretty soon. Yeah, buddy. 
Yeah, like two weeks. Two weeks? Two weeks. Yeah. So your first time in Australia, you've been there before? It is my first time. I thought I had cursed the band because it was the last tour they did before I joined, which was eight years ago this month, this past month. And, uh, or a couple, I guess last week, eight months, eight years last week. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's our first time back. We had planned on it with the Dark uh, Path World Tour that we were, um, or Dark Skies World Tour that we were initially going to do, uh, you know, pre all the bullshit and whatnot. Um, but feels good to finally get to go back. Luckily, our buddies in Alpha Wolf invited us over, and I'm very excited. Can't that wait. bill is, is you know, it, it's something that happens as a fan all the time where it's like, God damn, why do these these overseas artists get or overseas fans rather get better bills than we do in the states a lot of times yeah, right i think it has to do with availability and, and ease of travel at least for a lot of these well, overseas instance, like fans. pale dusk it's easier for them probably to get to right. australia than it is to get here maybe um but uh they haven't i don't think toured too much they're one of those bands that really buzzed outside of the um what i refer to as the dark times you know that's when they started catching wind and Great American Ghost, that been fucks. If you haven't listened to their new EP, go listen to it. It's Rip They're City. actually coming to town uh, in August, so I get to see them for the first time, which Very is cool. They seem like a band that's really underrated. Like, Not a lot of they people are. talk about them when it's like, okay, who are your favorite metalcore or modern metal bands? And like, people don't really mention them, but every time I hear their name come up, it's always like really hype opinions. So, Well, I think the thing for that band, because w- when they first started... Ethan, the singer, he's a really cool guy. It's really nice. People like him. He's like pretty connected. And I think when they first started, people like gave it some hype. And um, but then now it seems to have like been overshadowed by some stuff. Plus, like in the digital age, things can just take off in, you know, such a short period of time. So I think now their latest release i forget the name of the ep but it ha- i think it's torture world um okay. or it just has a song torture world on it let me look real quick sure i want to get that right for everybody um because i've been listening to it a lot yeah it is torture world um i think they had a little bit of an identity crisis not m- musically but like people didn't know where to place them when it's like are y'all playing with hardcore bands or like metal metal bands like a uh, fit for an autopsy or like metalcore bands like my band you know what i mean right. or where do you want to be and uh because the riffs are real they're like power trip riffs they're it's fucking like guitar thrashy. player right music, yeah, thrashy yeah. shit but his vocal style is like a metalcore kind of vocal style. Um, so they have this really interesting mix. Uh, but big fan. Love Ethan. Love the band. Can't wait to hang out with them. Uh, it's going to be great. So go listen to Great American Ghost and uh, you will enjoy it. And that's something that I have tried to either do in my projects or the projects I manage <laughs> is like when when you are coming up with your sound design, obviously you want to do what comes natural and you want to do what you love. But I try to also like have a conscious effort to expand the sound and not be so one dimensional because, yeah, you can be, I guess, like exceptional at one thing. But if you are a band that like touches on three or four different subgenres, you really open up that demographic of fans that's like, okay, might not have been accessible for me as a traditional metal fan. Uh, but this metalcore band did offer some traditional metal or extreme metal elements 
in this band oh, and yeah. now i can like actually get into them which when we're talking about like great american ghost that i i, I would assume that's something that they probably have seen benefit them as far as like accessibility because metal as we all know is such a is such a gatekeeping community and it's such a yeah. uh you know people are set in their ways and they like their specific genres and i'm guilty of that too um but when you have a band that like one i always bring up is like motionless and white because they love that band. have songs like masterpiece which is just straight up post grunge you know it's breaking benjamin 2.0 i love the song yeah uh but then they just came out with that song uh slaughterhouse Thank you. Uh, came out with that last week, and that's just a ripper. Uh, so they have fans that go to, as my buddy Finn McKinty calls it, Red State Butt Rock Festivals, or you have fans that are hardcore fans and like like super only into heavy stuff. And it's cool because from a business standpoint, a marketing standpoint, you're able to reach people that if you were just into only heavy music or if you were just into only you know i guess not poppy but generic ballads or whatever you know you wouldn't be able to reach the same fans and and obviously your band fit for a king is very similar you guys have ballads you guys have rippers um yes so we are also fans of motionless and white yeah they're a fantastic band i guess when you are creating do you think we about also work those? with the same producer too oh beautiful who is who who does that production wizard blood his name's drew okay. folk um yeah he has been with chris for years uh since like the tragic hero days Mm -hmm. um since yeah so they have a very long-standing relationship uh working together but um which was part of the reason why we wanted to work with drew and uh we also love him he is the man Nice and I guy. feel like I feel like he does a really good job. Uh, you would know this better than me, obviously, but he does a really good job of making things sound refined, sound modern, yeah. without making it sound artificial. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's he just goes at it from a different standpoint than a lot of people. Where like, all right, you're a metal band, metalcore band. You can think about a couple different things. Like, are you really focused on like like I'm a guitar band? I need my. I'm really focused on having the craziest riffs. Are you like a song band? Like you're really focused on like getting that big chorus and the hooks, yeah, the hooks and the structure and stuff. And like there will be riffage, but it comes second to the like tune per se. And I think that's Drew is just a songwriter. Like you know, he works on all different genres of music. You know, anything from like you know Lil Peep or Travis Scott to fucking Chelsea Green, right. So, yeah, you know, he's just looking at things from a different perspective. But I think that that's what helps a band get like a, a hostage or, you know, like for us and motionless, we have, you know, our our breaking the mirror price of agony style or our sad boy shit that like when everything <laughs> death grip stuff and, you know, motionless kind of does that in a similar ilk where they've got, you know, like you stated um, the not fucking nightmare the masterpiece or masterpiece oh, yeah, song yeah. and which is like a ballad song but then fucking slaughterhouse which is super brutal um and i think you see bands sometimes try to force that where it's like they want to really expand their horizons and do all kinds of different styles and sometimes it doesn't sound on brand i think the bands that become successful yeah you can't chase uh 
what's hot, you know, just right. do you. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're going, I've, I've heard it multiple times and I was actually in a band like this where if you go through an album and you're listening to all these songs as standalone songs, they're great songs, but as a collective, as an album, it just seems like it's just a bunch of just stuff thrown into a compilation instead of being like a, a flowing album. I think there's yeah. a definitely an art form to figuring that out. There's an art form to just track listing alone. And uh, it, it, it takes a certain it takes a certain type of people to come together to do that, because when you're in a band, obviously, I have not talked to a band where everybody's like, yeah, I only like this style of metal. Like everybody comes from different backgrounds, yeah. but it's taking all of those backgrounds and meshing them and balancing them properly where it's not like you know all these bands there's generally somebody who does most of the writing from what i've seen but like at the same time you want to be like okay let's not focus too much on this the entire time let's let's uh have two ballads in this album let's do this and that um and if you you go off brand or if you and i'm not going to name the bands but there are there's a couple albums that came out this year where they were underwhelming because it was it was too far from the path that led the fans to like that band and you know you you don't have to worry you don't want to be worrying about alienating fans but at the same time i always look at things from a longevity perspective and it, it it's cool to like experiment on an album but as we know in 2022 your your relevancy your shelf life as a band is so short compared to 20 years ago because of just how Spotify is and how everything is. Yeah. You so if you come, come out, out with an album that's frequently. Yeah. If you come out with an album, that's kind of a doozy or a flop, you got to do double the work to get back to being now, relevant again. There's two sides to that coin too, though. So like, for instance, you definitely, you don't want to overly experiment to some extent. So like, say you are a band where you find that people like something from you, give it to the people. Give them what they want. Right. But there also are a lot of young bands, a lot of young bands who they get stuck on some shit and they're like, well, this is our sound. This is our thing. And you suck. You're bad. Your, your sound <laughs> is bad and your band is bad. Stop that shit. Get over it. Go figure it out. But those are people who also are like oblivious to their song is bad. So right. it's a double-edged sword. You know and mean? you kind of need somebody deal. in your corner to tell you that. You need, whether it's somebody yeah. that's in the band or, or a manager or... or and it just depends on what you're going to do with it. Right. You know, there's times you tell people shit, you give them advice because they ask for it. It's like, I, you know, I, I just posted a, an episode of my podcast, Get Tucked, which you can listen to fucking everywhere. Um, <laughs> and except for YouTube. And uh, me and Kyle were talking about this, you know what I mean? And... and uh, Kyle from Brand of Sacrifice, and it's like, mm -hmm. well, you can give advice to somebody, but I've given advice to people, and I see them do absolutely nothing with it. And it's like, okay, so you know, say you're a person, you just you know DM me, and you're like, hey man, will you check out my band? And that's what you start with, which is not so, what I yeah, recommend. Great, great idea. Okay, <laughs> yeah. first of all, never gotten that message before, and then you listen to, it. and I'm not trying to sound like some like lib. So many people will be to listen to my band. No, it's most mostly since the podcast, actually not since um makes sense yeah the uh just the band because now i showcase uh an underground band on the on the podcast called my mid-roll mosh because it's fun and i like music but having etiquette is important but you know the thing is when a lot of people hit you up with that stuff say i listen to it and i don't like it 
You know, do you want me to respond? Just go, yeah, that was cool, man. Not for me, but thanks. And I can. And that's that's the response. That's that means they didn't they really didn't like it. That's the nice. Right. I didn't like it response. Or do you want me to give you notes? I'll give you notes. I'll give you a lot of notes. I'll give you ideas. Like my buddy sent me a song the other day and he was like, what do you think of this? And because he's a close friend, I sent him a whole thing back where I was like, well, I'd work on these, these, these. I like these lyrics. I don't like these lyrics. Here's actually a music video idea that came to my head while I was listening to your song. And well, I gave him a ton of shit. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Are you going to absorb it? Are you going to just like go like, oh, no, I don't care for your opinion. I wanted you to just validate my opinion of my own art. Which is fine if that's how you feel about your own art. That's great. Just not not how I necessarily feel about your art and vice versa. Right. I I think people have a hard time, especially it's getting worse and worse in society of of taking the L gracefully. Uh, Yeah. Well, a lot of people are big pussies. Yeah. Sure. And I I am too. I'll be like, I'm not being. You know, I read comments about myself, and that just sucks. Or people say like, my band sucks, and it hurts. I get it. I'm soft too. Yeah. But like. Honesty is important. And I just constructive honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Constructive honesty. And I'll never be, I never respond to anyone just like, yo, dog, this blows. (laughs) I would never do that. No, I'm not you know I can't imagine doing that either. You know, I I manage hip hop artists mostly for a living and and I hear dreadful music every day. Uh, but not once unless of course somebody's just downright disrespectful, then you you kinda have to clap back. But for the most part, I've never said that to somebody. Um, it, it it first first thing you touch on, I want to I want to rewind back to it is the initial message. This is a universal thing, but whether you're talking to somebody who's in a band, somebody who has a podcast, somebody who works in the industry, the whole like, hey, will you check this out? Here's the link. Is just the most ineffective way to get anybody's attention. And I don't understand because people have been doing this for a decade plus. I don't understand how it's 2022 and people still don't understand that, that that's not, you know, appropriate. Dude, it's so getting worse, actually. For, it's, it's not getting better. It's the same way that people can't go up to nobody at a coffee shop anymore and be like, hey, person at the coffee shop, you're beautiful. Won't get dinner tonight. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you're you, a fucking herb ass weirdo. Yeah. And you need to leave your house and develop social skills. I'm seeing it more and more with young people constantly. It's annoying as shit. And that's, that is like an old guy problem I got at the moment, I guess. It's, I mean, I'm not. No, I I'm totally agree with that. I was going to say, you weird. don't go to a bar and just proposition a girl for sex right away or anything like that. That's not how it works. <laughs> and Some people. people do. <laughs> well, and you listen, know, but, if it works yeah. for them, then yeah. all the power to them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, it, it, it really irks me because I deal with it as well. And it's like, have conversations when you're like something I, I did. I went to uh, Nam two years ago and I knew, you know, there's all kinds of industry people at Nam, So I'm like, I want yeah, to network fun. and there's just so many, there's so many people in general, let alone important people. And I'm like, I need to take my own advice here and like, don't go to people and just be like, Hey, here's my business card. Hit me up or whatever. It's like, how are you doing? What, what brings you to Nam? What, what, uh, what music do you like? Are you checking out any instrument? Like you try to, become and it takes more time but you come so invested in them where they feel like they're they're invested in you because you care about what they're saying and then when you give them that information when they're in their hotel room that night or when they're home or whatever like i remember that guy that was a cool conversation yeah i'll check out his stuff yeah it's like if you think about it this way 
you walk up to somebody, me and me and you see each other at Nam. We know who each other are, and right away I just walk up. But we, I know of you. You don't know me. We'll say. Right. I walk right up to you and just like, yo, man, I'm Tug. I got a podcast. Yo, here's my card. Like, would you check out my show? Like, wow, well, super cool. The chance of you checking that out is zero. But if I just like, I see you and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I slide over there and what's up, man? Yo, how you doing? Yo, you want a drink? Okay. Like, or whatever. I see XXX on the force, but maybe not. But, you know, we just have a normal interaction five ten minutes later say you're like all right i gotta dip or you've got to i've got to leave or whatever or we end up talking for 30 minutes there will be a time where you can be like well actually this is what i do i'm a real fan of what you're doing man and uh you keep it casual and then maybe you guys can be friends and not like uh, like actual friends like normal fucking people because people generally are normal unless you're like (laughs) Kanye West or something like, you know what <laughs> I mean and that's not yeah. I'm not saying that as any like insult I'm saying like there are just people who are they are built different right okay? he is one of those and Elon like the people that are just straight up built different me not so much normal fucking guy so if you want to chat just don't be a herb ass weirdo and it'll be completely fine absolutely it's so an interesting thing yeah, but. I I, I, I don't <laughs> no, I 100% agree. And I think people are so focused on numbers instead of that core fan base. Yeah. So that they're like, okay, how can I get my numbers up? Let me just send my links to as many people as possible. That'll get my numbers up. And yeah. it's not about like, okay, great. If you have a bunch of Spotify plays, awesome. But if we're to, let's talk about Spotify, because Spotify is such a important thing right now it's kind of a living resume and yes it's not used by all talent buyers or all sponsors or whatever but it's pretty it is uh, pretty much the end all be all currently right and if you're talking about numbers it's one thing to have like a song with like a hundred thousand plays five hundred thousand plays a million plays but that the number that people most care about are that monthly listener number and that's that core fan base yeah so you you can go ahead and, and spam the shit out of people. But long term, that monthly listener count's not going to be great because people are, it's going to be one listen and done, yeah. even if they listen. It's when you make those connections, when you take 10 minutes instead of 30 seconds, that will increase that core fan base. You'll get, you, every fan is is so important. People lose sight of that because there's so many freaking people you talk to every day, especially online anymore, that like, they're like, Fans are expendable. You talk to this person, okay, next, next. But if you really focus in on each person, and it takes time, but it's so worth it because you, you're you going to have people that remember who you are. Like the they're going to be invested method. in your life. Come again? It's like the Dane Cook method. When what? MySpace started, Dane Cook was like the first comedian to make MySpace. And he talks yeah. about this in his own interviews. Uh, um, He did one with... um. I think it was on your mom's house podcast that he was talking about this. But regardless, he just messaged with everybody and he responded to everyone and he kept DMing Uh people and just right at the jump of MySpace. Who was the most popular comedian in the whole fucking planet? Right. Right around that time period. I mean... Dane fucking Cook! Yeah, I mean, he was in waiting. He was in... uh, yeah. It built and it built and it built. And then... As MySpace boomed, interestingly enough, Dane Cook, too, boomed. Yeah, He built this character that kind of moved along with this thing, but it's also its foresight. 
it's hard work, it's consistency. A lot yeah, of it's people, all they want their shit to just, they're, they got one thing. Maybe you do have a great song. Maybe you do have a great song. Maybe you wrote the fucking hit of hits in your basement and it's super dope. But you're too busy telling everybody how great it is to show <laughs> it to the world and to put some money into the PR, to put some money into the algorithm and pay the beast to show it to people. Because you're just too up in your own shit. It's yeah, Super no, I'll get, uh, you listen, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of a free plug here. I have a new band called Killstreak. Uh, we came out with our debut single last weekend called No Scope. It's a Call of Duty themed death core. It's cool. Anyways, um, we paid for PR, as I always do. I did it at my old band, paid, paid with a new band. And, and you do all kinds of things. But I tell you what, the, the, the biggest resources were free. It was oh, reaction sure. videos. Reaction Dude, videos that I got, man. I would call those PR now. Fuck yeah. the, like, I want to have my shit in AP Magazine or whatever. Like, no offense if you're from AP and you're listening to this. It's not personal. <laughs> but if I give my shit to Hardcore Keem, way more people are going to listen to my band. Way more. I guarantee it. Yeah. Nick, Nick Nocturnal. He is the yeah. keeper. You know, it's interesting. He checked it out with uh, uh, Darius from Spite on his Twitch stream last oh, weekend. That's very and, cool. Yeah, we got, like, way more plays and, and traction from that than any of the paid playlisting and, and all that. And, and it, you only can get those types of opportunities from networking because a lot of these reactors, not all of them, yeah. Hardcore Keem does charge, but Nick doesn't. Uh, Bogdan from the channel Hardcore doesn't. Like A lot of these 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 big metalcore or whatever uh, reactors do it for people that they know, they like, they've talked to for a while. Uh, I have a reaction channel and I'm the same way. Like I'm, I'm not going to you know, charge somebody that I've been talking to for three months or whatever it is. Cause yeah. I just like the person. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's so much, I, there's so much, and we'll wrap up this topic, but there's so much laziness from musicians. Yeah. And I get it. You spend so much effort creating. Well, and you, you know, it's that yes and no, you do spend a lot of effort creating. I do. A lot of people do, but you know, man, it it's uh, I feel like it's an internal struggle where it's the same people. When I was younger, the big hullabaloo that everyone pitched about was pay to play, selling tickets to get people to come to your show. Sounds like promotion to me. Mm -hmm. So some people would say, OK, you sell 50 tickets, you get 100 bucks back, you make the same money as the opener on the tour and you brought people to the show and you contributed to the ecosystem. Sounds pretty healthy. So instead of complaining, I would sell tickets. A lot of other people that I knew would sell tickets. And then there were always people that would just bitch and moan about, well, I now I now they're the ones that go, well, I have to work a nine to five. I don't have time to promote my dreams. Because they weren't, you fucking lazy pussy. <laughs> they weren't. It wasn't something where it was like, no, I have to do this or I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, I couldn't concentrate. Like, I definitely, like... You know, I had jobs, I had relationships, I had lots of stuff until I was in Fit for a King. But I think I had so much tr like trouble making it matter because it didn't matter as much, sadly, as sad as that sounds, even with people I dated. I loved them. But I didn't love them more than metalcore. <laughs> That's what I wanted, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. It's you got to do things thing. for your dream that that yeah. you, you then it's not it's not 
it's hard work, but it's not like you're you shouldn't be complaining about it because you're doing something that you love and it can and will pay off. But, you know, dreaming, the reason why you call it a dream is because you have to have some fantasy to it. You have to have fun with it. You have to sit there and fantasize about yourself on the billboard, the marquee and you're popping and your band is huge and all this stuff. If you're not sitting there and, and trying to just like internalize that, it's going to be really hard for you. There are people out there who are Kurt Cobain who aren't going to necessarily do that. And they're just going to end up like being like the biggest star in the whole fucking multiverse. But a lot of more people will be like fit for a king where they go inch by inch over a long period of time and they gradually get bigger. And it's never this overnight blow up. It's just a consistency from, uh, like you said, attention and love and hard work and all this stuff that we can give to the single individual. No, I feel like a lot of bands and artists have delusions of grandeur because they see somebody just like them, but they're like, I'm more talented than why am I not successful right now? Why is it taking me a couple of years? Why is it taking me 10 years? There are artists that look at Ice Nine Kills, took them forever to get to where they are. Yes. But but people, especially young people, we're we're being boomers today. They're more like delusions of pander. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, I just, it's just. Young people have this have this uh, instant gratification. I love young people. I will always Same. be Team Gen Z because I feel like their tastes overall are better than anybody any other generation. Um, They're much but, more open minded than we were at yes. that age too, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was pretty open minded, I'd say, but that's also I was not my own definitely but. not. It's taken me a while, but um, I don't know. I was a musical theater kid, so I listened uh, to interesting things that a lot of people hated. <laughs> For sure. But, I still yeah. honestly I'm not I can't say that I'm a big musical fan. It's it's for me, it's 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 all about anything that's corny, cheesy, or unpragmatic does not make sense to me. I'm not wired that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if somebody is like in a play and they're having a fight or an argument in this play and then all of a sudden they start singing, I was like, well, why are you why are you singing? Like what's it's the <laughs> It's sick. It was super fun. Yeah. Plus I mean, I appreciate like, it. I've seen three yeah. Broadway shows in my life, and those were really oh, cool. So. Where you live? Um, I'm based in Akron, Ohio, oh, home okay. of LeBron James and company. There you in go. the Black Keys. Um, That's cool. That's yeah, one of my but, wife's favorite bands. The Black Keys? Yeah. Yeah, they were just on Rogan, actually, and, and it was a really good episode. That's I, mean, sick. I would I'll definitely check it out. It. Speaking of Rogan, I want your opinion on this, because I know he's very pol- polarizing. Um, is he? I, he, he <laughs> is he though? I think so. I, you know, here's the thing. I find it interesting that I, I guess he is polarizing, but I think a lot of what he does is, hey, guy, Ryan, tell me about that. Yeah. No, no, no he, it's, it, you it, know, I guess he it's, is good at getting people riled up because he's interested in topics that are, controversial he does have controversial opinions and he gets people riled up i don't listen to his show as much anymore as i used to i listen to specific ones i'd say yeah Um, he there's a lot of fodder in between the quality episodes i guess is is a good way depends on what you're into i mean you know i like um you know the scientific stuff i like some of the fighter stuff um but i like when he has you know more you know 
larger celebrity on there because I feel like he pulls a more candid conversation out of yes. them because interestingly enough, as much as he, you know, is perceived as like, you know, he's kind of like the biggest normal guy in the whole universe. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But I guess my ahead. biggest issue, no, my biggest yeah. issue, and I don't know if you've seen the clip on Twitter uh, recently with, he had, I don't know who it was on the show, but he, uh, speaking of Australia, since you're about to head over there, it was about Australia and how um, there's a law that's coming into play that people will no longer be able to grow their own food in Australia because Australia wants to regulate this food because they think that people are going to get uh, a pathogen from par- from a uh, um, uh, what is the uh, what do you spray on plants to kill insects? What oh, is the word? I don't, uh, Jesus, starts with um, the P. Pesticides. Thank you. Uh, pesticides. You'll get. You'll start a new pandemic. Blah blah blah. So he's ranting off about this, which it fits the agenda of Joe Rogan, which is fine. Like everybody can have those opinions. Um, and the guest is like, "Oh my god, that's wild." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm gonna pull up the article right now. He pulled up, and Jamie's over there in the corner trying to pull up this article, and he's like, "Joe, there's 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 nothing here. I'm looking like look at look at the screen. There's literally nothing on on any search engine about this." He's like, "Oh, hold on, let me pull it up. I hope it wasn't fake. I hope it wasn't fake." And he's he's going through his phone. He's like, "Oh man, I think it was fake." And the guest was like, "Yeah, it's fake, but." That means it's going to be real soon or something like that. And I'm like, stop grasping. You know, it's 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 just. Yeah, it's you shouldn't want that stuff to be fake. I think that the more you surround yourself with controversy, the more that you desire it. Uh, yes. Where I definitely know people like that, where they want everything to be upside down. I think people are bored. And I think that's a are, big part of it. That's fine. Go outside. <laughs> Seriously. Just, it, you know, and that's what I like a lot of this. I do agree with him on a lot of stuff. I like uh, someone that encourages people to be healthy. Yeah. I think that what he's done for the average individual and for free speech is cool. Um, But I just am not a... Uh, I'm not really into anything that has to do with polarizing opinion these days. Like after what I refer to as the dark times, I have (laughs) secluded myself from most things that make me emotional. Uh, I, during that time period, I became such an emotional wreck. And like, I, I, whatever I thought when I was a kid being like, I'm fucking emo. I love dashboard. I'm depressed. Nah, it was a lie. <laughs> it was a lie. I was a little kid. Yeah, when no, that, that was hard for real everybody. shit. Yeah. And not to say that everyone's is different. So many people had it so much worse than me. I'm not, you know, this is just like my explanation of my internalization of this time period. I got so emotional that I had to just like cut everything off. All I did was listen to it, watch It's Always Sunny. And uh, I would do the podcast and I'd work on music and I that's about it. And uh, I just don't want anyone telling me anything anymore. I'm over it. I'm fucking done. Like, let's hang out. Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's be real friends. We're just drained. Everything's just, it's too much. I just just want real, I want real relationships. I want real connection. I want people who are actually interested in having a true conversation with me and not coming into everything with some like 
bias that's been fed to them from either their friends or their family or the internet or whatever, because all of us have it. We all, you know, have opinions on politics or whatever. Just stop it. I'm just, I'm over it. I need a break. Let's have fun times. Let's like eat brownies and chat and like go watch a baseball game or like fucking do fun shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, it's too much. It's at this point where it's like, okay, everybody's the amount of people that are truly going to open their minds to new opinions is, is extremely minimal. So what's the point? You know, it's like if you're that stuck in your ways and this person's a great example, my dad and my mom are polar opposites politically. Like one is very far left. One is very far right. And I'm here. They've been, you know, they got divorced when I was two. And, and so I'm always the, the, the middleman in, in all of these conversations. I'm getting it from all the degrees. And I'm just like, guys, like I've, I've, I've sent you the Snopes articles to try to debunk this and that I've done all these things. I, you don't, you clearly don't want to listen anymore. I'm out. I, I, I said it around 2022. Perception of truth is so different now because they're it's, this is my truth. Mm-hmm. This is not the truth. This is my truth. And those two things are very different. That's and, scary. Uh, yeah, that's why I just uh, think a lot of people are fucking stupid. And uh, <laughs> I'm just not going to deal with them. I'm going to do me and uh, talk about how great my bands are and play magic and uh, keep focusing. Like, that's been the best, dude. We're, we'll fucking get off this shit and we'll talk about magic. That's yeah. been the best shit for me where I I get really obsessed. I, I'm lucky enough to do what I love. I love my job. I love my bands. I love writing music. love doing the podcast. love doing FeatureDex.com where you can book a session with your favorite artist ever. Um, <laughs> all this fun shit that I get to do. Um, and it's really hard to turn my brain off from those things because I like them. So I get really annoying uh, with my wife talking about shit that she doesn't want me to talk about anymore <laughs> after 8 o'clock. And that. then magic came into my life. And so let's I used talk to about play Yu-Gi-Oh and shit. Um, okay. And I was a Yu-Gi-Oh player. That was my game. No Pokemon, just Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I never played Pokemon. I collected it, but because it like it started when I was in second grade, you right? Know, third grade. So like I loved the. I was with the launch of it. I was super into it. I did Pokemon. I did Digimon. I did Dragon Ball Z. I had all three like card games. I loved all of it. But I wasn't like into playing the game. Yu-Gi-Oh came out when I was maybe like sixth grade. I think that's why I missed the boat because I have a lot of friends who are Yu-Gi-Oh people and I just never got into it because I think I did. The game is uh, great. It's a okay. great game. Is there, is there a show or something? I'm super yeah, there was a, it. the show started then as well. Okay. And it was at an age where I was like, okay, now I'm like cognitively like developing. I like playing a game. Like I want to hang out with my friends and throw down some cardboard. Like this is cool. It wasn't just a collector's thing. So, um, the game was awesome. The OG, I'm, I prefer playing goat, which is the traditional format versus okay. like the modern Yu-Gi-Oh format. Um, went along with the show. Uh, you play cards from like the first, like, eight to ten releases something like that and uh because now the game is very quick it's like a super competitive cdh where people are trying to win in two to three terms oh jeez, and it's insane versus like you know originally the game was more primitive and 
you know, right. it took longer and it was fun, you know, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, big fan. It was great. Yeah, I, got, I don't really I gotta play say, it too much anymore. But I, I, before we get on to magic, the uh, <clears throat> Pokemon. My my, I have a two year old daughter. Turns three in August, That's and cool. uh, you know, I have uh, my daddy days with her every couple of days, a couple of days a week, where she's just home with me. And so we try to find new things to do. I try to instill my the lack of wisdom, I guess, on her. And uh, one of the things that I've gotten her into recently was uh, Netflix has the original Pokemon show. So nice. There's 80 episodes, which is insane. I never realized wow, there was that I'm many episodes. I'm going to have to rewatch that. So yeah, that's what we were doing. We are rewatching them, <laughs> and she's super into Pokemon now. She's got a Pikachu doll. She can name like 10 to 15 of them, which is extremely impressive for, for a two-year-old. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, this is the most proud father moment I've had. That's super cool. Uh, yeah, I, I was just like, you no, know, because it's one of those things you grew up with, and you're like, I, I, it's so cool to have a full circle thing like that. Well, it's amazing how much it has continued to grow and kept people involved and how Pikachu is still such a major character. And it, it's a really cool thing. Um, I love seeing how much growth the franchise has had the last few years again. I mean, it's probably like the biggest cartoon of all time or some shit uh, other than like... Other than like the Simpsons, the Simpsons or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so pretty fucking cool, man. I mean, yeah. I still love it. Uh, I do yeah. have a good chunk of the cards. Um I like to rip some packs here and there, but um, I just, it's funny. I mean, some of the stuff you can buy for Pokemon singles wise, you could buy a whole magic deck. Wow. So it's like, yeah, because in Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, for instance, like the most recent Yu-Gi-Oh set Battle of Chaos other than, well, all right, the most recent, recent one goes from the past. It just came out like two weeks ago. There's a Ghost Rider Dark Magician Girl card in it that's going for like 400 plus dollars. Jesus. How are people? Uh, I, I don't know. They go people broke spend the money the way they shit. want to. Yeah, well, yeah. They buy cases of the shit to rip it, or and then hope to like sell other stuff, or they sure. you know buy the individual cards. But if you bought every Ghost Rare in the current set, there's like six of them. You're gonna spend like a grand. Oh yeah. And I just I love having stuff. Um, and it, but I found myself being like too obsessive. And it was fun to pull, like, get some of the pulls. Like, I pulled this really cool uh, Yu-Gi-Oh card, the Starlight Rail, the Dark Magicians, goes for like two hundred and fifty bucks. It's a badass card. Then I was like, I could just do so many better things with this money and time. Like, I'd rather build a deck that I'm actually going to play. Um, and I have a tour coming up this fall that I'm going to have to. Not like I have to. I'm gonna. Play I've seen the hype on Twitter. I'm, I'm very curious to, I've to got, know that. Yeah, bill. we'll we'll find out. <laughs> Someone on that tour is a big magic head, and oh. um, so I'm trying to get my chops up. So I can't. I can tell you. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna get to, to ask you to tell me who's on that tour. But I, when we uh had Left to Suffer on the podcast, obviously your your artist. Uh, oh, we, not anymore. I do not no? manage that band anymore. Oh, yeah, fuck that bit. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, <laughs> No, uh, so Jeff and I, who we start, we co-founded Featured X together. We did manage three bands together, and uh, he just wanted to work on them and uh, wasn't um, didn't find himself with the time, I should say, to work on the other two projects, which okay. are the Gloom in the Corner and Lixquisite Dolor. I have those bands. He has left to suffer. Uh, no bad blood. It's all good for um, sure. But yeah, 
There we did go. bring them a bunch of uh, my my co-host who's not with me. He's his his dad owns a card shop, so we brought them a bunch oh, of no like, brand new magic decks. Yeah, and stuff, Jacob and they were is bad into magic. Yep, and, yep. I was trying to teach Taylor, and he's like, uh... <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> I don't cool. see him necessarily getting into stuff like that." Uh, it definitely seems like more of a Jacob and Peter thing. Yes, um, yes. They're um, all very different people. Um, which, by the way, if you ever need a name for a song or a band just look at magic cards i mean the names yeah. are the most metal oh, names so ever yeah it's great yeah. so do you play only cards or do you play online no i play arena i'm i, I mean arena, I'm, okay. i don't play like a ton but yeah i play on arena and it's just tuck ffak let me look when uh with with, with this pandemic and everything and, and winters up here i mean i'm sure you understand uh you're not doing anything in winters in ohio so i was playing six hours of arena a day which oh, is damn, ridiculous yeah yeah i was getting mythic all the time and you know i sent you a picture of that deck i was using and it's just actually like, that that golgari deck yeah yeah that thing looks cool man looks there's really a fun. lot of it, it's crazy because like people develop concept decks yeah. people develop concept decks just based on like okay i want this to be my goal i want this to be my goal i want i want to uh have a deck that's like a lot of life gain or i want to have an all death touch deck or i want to have an all enchantment deck whatever when i brew my decks is literally based on like it's only standard play obviously i don't really dabble in historic unless it's in in card form which i have a ton of historic cards but if i'm talking you got some heat i I got some decent stuff i've been teaching my wife how to play stuff yeah, I got a here. I'll show you. People, uh, by the way, people listening. This, but... um, also, my mat, my arena handle is get tucked uh, with a fucking exclamation, just like my show. Uh, hashtag seven six five eight four. Get tucked exclamation point hashtag seven six five eight four. If you want to fucking play, that's so it. People, yeah, people can't see this, but uh, I've got a a giant box just full of cards that I just keep brewing decks, and uh, I don't really play too much in person. Like I said, I've been trying to teach my wife how to play. I've got a couple of friends nice. who are who are playing, but I play mostly arena. But with standard, you know, you're only limited to a, to the newest, I think like the newest eight sets or something like that. So I already know what everybody has. And I brew my deck not with a goal of doing something, but with a goal of nullifying what everybody else has. So no, it, when cool. people look at it. Yeah, people look at it and they're like, that just looks like a bunch of random crap. And I'm like, well, it is, but when I play people who are an all enchantment deck, I've got plenty of, of removals for that. Or if people are an all death touch deck, I've got plenty of flying creatures. So it doesn't matter, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's, it, it causes people to be like, no, that's a good way to play. Like my buddies (laughs) that I played, I just had my first commander night the other night and I asked them before. And I was like, are we having like a fun game of commander? Or are we like, you know, going in the paint and they were like yeah no i i want to fucking show you that i hate you and i was like (laughs) that's awesome and yeah you should um you should play that way i think it's funny my buddy evan he was talking about this one time period where he got banned from a store because they had two um tournaments two weeks and two weekends in a row and he went in and he mopped the floor with them just fucked them up because he played a bunch of land destruction. 
and oh no like yo that's such a faux pas why would you do that like you're a dickhead and he was like because i want to win all those packs motherfucker like what do you think like i'm not here to be your friend i'm here to fucking win and i love it i'm about it be ruthless yeah be ruthless the only exception i will say to that and i don't remember the term people use but there's there's a way to cheat your way into a win that 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 just completely Oh, it irks me. People don't do it anymore, thank goodness. But there is a card um, that it, you know, a simple ability. It's like if as long as this enchantment is is on this card, I can't lose. You can't win. So you just keep playing until that creature is destroyed, right? Well, they have uh, a land that turns into a creature for like a turn, and then it goes back into a land. So they take that land, they turn it into a creature, they put the enchantment on the creature which stays on after it's back to a land. If you don't have any land removal, which I just don't because it's not something that I normally need, yeah. then 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 you're done because you you're going to your, your deck's going to be in there gone. for fun's sake. What? You know, I just slide a little arm like say if I yeah. do, you yeah, know, I, I really in there for fun's sake. Cuz yeah. I think you deserve it. I think that if we get into the position where you are <laughs> winning and you're going to take it home and I can wipe out all the mana, good. Yeah, yeah, you're That's right. You're, you're right. I but, do have a card now that I can remove lands, but it, it, at Commander, the time it you was can just... do that because you can play whatever you want. You know, I'm not sure if there's a card like that. You know, the most fun, like, you know, board wipe of recent time, I felt like was Meat Hook, where you play one of those, like, still use that. Fucking... Yeah, dude, same. Play some dumbass fucking Scoot Swarm deck, and then there's got some million fucking bugs out there, and they're like, nah, I'm going to get you. And then you're like, nah, fucking suck my dick. Which works now, but when they, if you remember one of the the sets last year was like the mutate ability and you could just take a card and you can combine it with another card. So like if I had a 4-4 creature that had mutate, I could put that 4-4 creature on Scoot Swarm, turns into a 5-5 and now there's a zillion 5-5s. Which yeah, Meat Hook still works for that, but you need a certain amount of lands to get that to work. And by the time you have that many lands, you're screwed. Um, so yeah, people do have ways around it, but yeah, that some of those board wipes are, are really fun. Um, I always, I've, I just play the same deck every, every time. Just it's, I love black green. That's my thing. That one that um, you're playing the, the, Toad yeah, Rider. it's a little different now. Cause the no, I want to play out, it cause of Jimmy Wong. I, I've been watching a lot of, uh, the command zone, um, okay. and, uh, game nights and shit on YouTube. Okay. You ever watch that show? I've seen it. Yeah. It's fucking great. Like yeah, for yeah. people who are trying to get into magic. Say you're into music and you're not into magic and you're still <laughs> listening to this one download arena and play. You'll learn pretty quick, but it's two, free too, man. If you want to get into, you know, uh commander so you can play with your friends and have a fun night of like drinking beers and, you know, playing magic, go watch the command zone. Uh, their thing game nights is so fucking good. And uh, they actually explain the cards and like, will teach you things it's good i think people are intimidated by magic a little bit because it's so closely related dungeons and dragons which is much more complicated and time consuming it is the most uh mit said that magic is the most complicated card game in really yes wonder why they would say it because it's it's basic math you know it's i mean yeah you have abilities and all these kinds of because all the stacking and the way that everything like by the time you really build your puzzle there's a lot of shit going on. I mean, if you 
you know, like even for instance, just like my silly like angel deck that I love to play. I'm playing it on arena and eventually I've got like all these angels and everything's plus 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 and it's all boofing up and stuff like that. It's just a lot to keep track of. Yeah. So to do that with paper, it's you know, it's a lot. And that's why I have so many broken wings in my deck, because people that play those angel decks, ugh. There's a couple angel cards. Uh I don't remember the name. There's the one that has double strike. Uh I think it's like yeah. a two six or something. And then proof. Oh, the one that no. yeah, I know the uh, the and one that keeps... Angel of Destiny. Yes. And so like if you have more than fifteen more life than then me, you win. Yeah. Oh, dude, that one, if I don't have broken wings come up or any kind of removal, I'm just like I love uh, that concede. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my deck may may have a couple of those in there. Yeah, and then there's the other one that is uh, when you attack, all your creatures get indestructible until end of turn. Yeah. I don't remember which one that is, and that one's like, are you kidding Limbala? me? Or not? Yeah, Avison. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that, and I'm like, well, then I don't have enough removal cards to get rid of all these indestructible cards, like enough exile cards. Like, okay, I lose. I mean, those are rare, rare occasions where I'm just like, I'm beat. Though my biggest pet peeve in Magic is the fact, especially Arena, is I, I take, I end up taking so many mulligans because I don't have enough lands pull up. And it's not like I don't have enough lands in the deck. It's just I feel like the shuffler is weird sometimes. Yeah. Or like my first, my first hand has one land. My second hand has stuff, two stuff. lands. Yeah. So you you're, you're a fun uh, land involved uh, magic thing the other day. I had someone offer me a modern horizons two collector box for singing okay. on a song of theirs and i was like oh yeah because i can just do it right here so i was like fuck yeah it sounds like a great deal why not that's and sick. uh in one one of the packs i pulled three fetch lands in the same pack wow it was beautiful yeah sickest pack uh and then uh, the 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 other pet peeve of mine it's not that it's hard i actually really enjoy playing them because i feel like it's the I feel like it's the incel of magic is a uh, mill decks. Yeah. You know, what and do you I'm think just... of Xander? Xander. Lord Xander from the new set. Did you see it? I don't know or if I've seen the card it right now. Lords. Are Lord Xander, the collector. Lord. Uh, I used to have a card uh, that was like anytime a, a card exits or enters your graveyard that your opponent loses one life. And when anybody would do mill decks, I'm like, well, you lose then. Yeah, my, uh, Alex from uh, Era, he has one mill deck that he likes to play, and it's a piece of shit. Oh, jeez. Uh, Alex, I love you, and I miss you. <laughs> okay, I, so this I is did, a three-color card. Yesterday, didn't I? I did. You didn't answer. If you were this, you're a piece of shit, Alex Blue. <laughs> Let me look. Did you respond? I'm really bad at texting. Um Oh no, he did text me back. Yeah, I I know this card. I saw this because there was like a custom skin for it, so I was like, "Oh, this this looks interesting." Yeah, and it's kind of ridiculous. Like it's I, fun. It's not expensive enough for it to do what it does. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. seven. It's seven mana, so it's not. I feel like it should be worth even more than that. I know seven I mean, is like at the top, but you can only do eight, I guess. Yeah, but like you know, and the other thing is like. It, how Jeez. you know will you protect him enough say if you're doing standard play and you do a mill deck will you get that effect off um, right and then do you also like play it in like for instance the other day i uh i did a commander night and somehow uh magically turn one Leyline of the void in my hand and <laughs> uh I forgot to play it, so by turn, you know, three or four, when I had enough mana to do it, I still play it, and uh, 
then nobody can touch their fucking graveyard because it all yeah. just goes away. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I guess so if you're doing a mill deck, do you build it around like going super mill and like have Laylene, have Douthy Void Walker, have like just try to just make them so mad, just eliminate everything, be yep. a total piece of shit. Yeah, it'll happen. And it's like, okay, I have a, what is it? Board wipes. Cards or whatever, 60 <laughs> cards. Yeah, it, it, the board wipes help. Um, I got rid of my snow lands because they had some other cool looking lands. I know it's so stupid to have cosmetic lands, but they had some like cool Japanese looking lands that I got. Oh, the, I got the rid of my, Kamigawa uh, ones. Yes, yes. Yeah, they rock. I'm glad you know the names because I, I play it so much, but I still, the names just escape me. I like um, the, trying to keep up with the recent sets, but that's probably because I'm new to magic. I mean, I was only in... First set was like the Dungeon Dragons or the Innistrad. Yes, Midnight Hunt, yes. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been playing the cards since 95. Um, Whoa. My, yeah, my stepdad. So you, you got like some OG heat in there. I have some really old, like worn out. It's nothing that's going to sell on eBay or whatever, but really just worn out lands, old. <clears throat> you say like, that now. Yeah, I the guess. The thing that doesn't happen in Magic is people aren't as shitty about the collecting thing. And I was recently listening to a podcast that spoke about this, how people in magic are more interested in the most recent Lord Xander gilded foil that came out in new Capanna than having a wheel of fortune. Wheel yeah. Of fortune or black like, Lotus or whatever. Yeah. Fortune's only like 200 bucks. A Lotus. I mean, you're not going to get your hands on that. No, period. No, and I if think you do. If you see one anywhere and you can kill that person and take it, <laughs> but, True story. you know, I think that there'll come a time where people do fuck with the magic world like that, but I hope that they don't cause it could ruin the community. Um, yeah. You should well, I mean, be able listen, to build there's... a deck constructively uh, faster than like just buying, you know, a bunch of expensive shit. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and you know, magic isn't isn't without its toxic community members. Uh, there's plenty of them, but I mean, you know, people rage quit. People, I the one thing people rope you. I cannot stand when people have four hourglasses and then they just decide to rope you instead of be cool about it and leave. What's that mean? Uh, so like when you are playing and you, you keep going, you, you get the hourglasses, which means that you get extra yeah, yeah. like time. And if somebody if you got somebody against the wall and they know they've lost, sometimes they'll just, just be done with it. Yeah, instead of conceding, they'll just walk away from the computer and I gotta sit through four sixty second timers or whatever it is, and I'm like, Come on, really? Yeah. Like you you lost. I'm gonna get the win regardless. Just leave. But they think that in some way they're T seeking revenge against me because I have to wait uh, four minutes to to play my next match, which I find yeah. comical. They suck. Um, yeah, uh, I did want to get uh, a couple more things uh, to talk yeah, about. I will before. have to actually jet pretty soon if that's yeah, okay. yeah. So 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 real quick, this is this is a life thing more than anything, and it's it's I wanted to get your opinion on it because I I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. Fit for a king as a whole. I mean, I wouldn't call you Christian metal but I would say you guys identify as Christians, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, uh, yeah, except for Bob. Okay. Bob is not, because uh, okay. he's still in the band. He just doesn't tour, still writes the songs and like is, you know, a large yeah. member of the band. But no, Bob is not religious. The other four of us are religious. Okay. So uh, this is, but this our, is good our, I will say our, like my, the way I am a Christian and the way I live my life is different than Kirby's and is different from Trey's and is different from Dan's. 
religion as a whole or Christianity as a whole thing that people got to get past is man, if like Christianity up in New York versus Texas, way (laughs) fucking different. Oh yeah. For instance, the fuck fuckity fuck fucks that come out of my mouth all the time. Very different. So, you know, if people get offended from the way that I do religion versus the way they do religion, that's fine. You can be offended. It's just, you're not right. I'm not right. Nobody knows what's right until you're fucking dead. So stop. And you're touching on exactly what I wanted to ask you. So this has happened multiple times. Uh, recently, as a couple of days ago, I don't know if you've seen this. There's a guy on YouTube named Pastor Rob Reacts. And this isn't anything against him. He actually has good stuff where he react. him and his son react to like metal songs that are not exactly uh, Christian. And it's cool to get his perspective like, OK, I get why they said this, but you know, blah, 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 blah. So he posted something on Facebook, actually, the other day, which was like, uh, Jonathan Davis speaks out against Christianity. This is why he doesn't like it. And essentially because the holier than thou mentality. So I made a comment because I like to get different perspectives. Which is I true was, and it's annoying and it's terrible and it's terrible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. so my, my comment was, you know, I, I, I'm in a very unique religious situation. I was born and raised Jewish. Okay. Uh, I decided atheism at the age of shortly after my bar mitzvah, so like 14. But then after I, you got the cash. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. It's okay. Uh, I got. I did pretty good on my confirmation too. Yeah. Um. And then I discovered. Uh, I'm no longer atheist. I discovered uh, probably six or seven years ago pagan druidism, dru- druidry, uh, and that's kind of my thing now. I that's my identity, and that's it's the first time I've ever felt like I've actually been invested in an actual religion rather than going through the motions. If that makes sense. Um, so I commented on this post and I said, I just have a question for you guys, uh, about that, this holier than thou mentality. I was at my wife's uncle, my wife's great uncle's funeral a couple years ago. It was an evangelical church and something that I heard really bothered me. And I understand this isn't boilerplate across all Christians, but essentially during the service, I had to walk out, which is normally I would never walk out of a funeral, but I just couldn't knowing my background this was difficult where you had this this pastor just preaching if you don't believe in jesus if you don't love jesus you are going to hell to eternal damnation yeah, you are good fuck yeah and i i that, it just it's just and, and i made this comment explaining my my uh that's the most non-christian thing to say but all these people came after me were like, well, you don't believe in Jesus, so you are going to hell. So you are. Yeah, because there I'm, are like, lots of people that do really feel that way. And that's it's I've I've met plenty of them. Uh, I think they're low IQ fucks. I think they're dumber than a, than the whole pile of rocks. And it's one of the things that I think they very much don't uh, seem to be able to interpret from the the Bible. And. That's when they get caught up in a preacher who makes his own interpretation of the Bible. And now, to be clear also, do I, have I read every word in the Bible? No. Do I know who wrote it and fucking exactly Mm -hmm. what they meant by it? No. And guess what? Neither do you, motherfucker. No No one does. That's the point is it is a book of lessons to give you a basic guideline on how to hopefully not be a piece of shit. Right. And people take that and, you know, 
want to use that to create power for themselves in so many interesting individualistic ways. There are a million religions in this world. There are so many varieties of Christianity um, or any other religion that are out there. There's so many forms of Jesus. To say that one is the truth is a very ignorant statement. Well, and I'll I'll go a step further because I, I said this to my wife uh, yesterday when this came up. I, I said, it doesn't matter if it's a religion or not. If you're in a group and somebody says, this is the only right answer, this group is the only right answer, all the other groups are shit, whether it's politics, religion, uh, sports, anything, that's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not a religion. <laughs> yeah. So luckily yeah, growing up, my especially around the time that I was getting my confirmation, I was having a lot of internal struggle uh with a family member of mine who had um struggled with uh crack cocaine substance abuse for 15 years. And they were entering our family's life again and I had a real issue with forgiveness. And asking, why do I have to forgive this person? And my pastor was always really good at getting me to understand that it's not that I have to, it's that I should want to. And that hmm. faith is a beautiful thing. So many people I've met lead very miserable lives. And coincidentally, have very little faith, not in God, not in Jesus, not in religion, not in whatever form of religion you choose. They have so little faith in humans and in themselves that they don't believe that anything is possible. And not to say that everything is possible, that anything, that's something that's positive that could impact your life today is possible. And a lot of people take to religion because of the ability that that gives them, that faith, that hope, that beyond this body that we currently possess, I will be able to see all the people that I've been heartbroken over the last 30 years of my life over. Or, you know, that person, that relationship that I fucked up, maybe I can mend it. Who knows what's beyond in the great giant rainbow fucking fluffy cloud sky? Who knows? Yeah. And, you know, I just when it comes to religion, I've I've always found because I took like comparative religions classes in, in uh, high school and college. I love religion. I love the idea of it. It's not that I think that I am right. This is just what I was raised to understand. But it doesn't mean that I don't try to understand other things. And I also don't say that I am right. I have a faith. I have a faith in myself. I have a faith that something beyond my body what happens whether you call it heaven or whatever you believe in i think there is like a place where my soul will go and my soul will rest and i hope so and i will live my life in a way that if that thing is possible if then the one point zero 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 one percent that that is real that heaven is real wouldn't you want to go Hell yeah. <laughs> I want to fucking go, man. Whether you think it's funny because of the virgins in the sky, whether I want to see yeah. if I can fucking find Natalie Portman to be my second wife. If, <laughs> if there's like a time period where only if she dresses like uh, Princess Amidala. Right? Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> who knows, man? And it's a it's just a 
Yeah, no, and it's I a think positivity it, thing, man. I it's think gone. across the board, every yeah. religion has that thesis. So like, exactly, and that's my that's my my main right. point is when you read so many of them. Sure, maybe the main character is a little different, or like you know, Jesus is in this part of the world or this part of the world, or like we're not really sure where he was during this time period or whatever. Maybe he was a real dude. Maybe he did have superpowers. Maybe he was a real dude and he didn't have superpowers. Maybe he wasn't a real dude. Regardless, all these books happen to be really fucking similar, oh, yeah. and they have very similar ideas to get you. Now, obviously. There's some stuff in some of these books that is fucked up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's some fucked up <laughs> stuff. But overall, it's like, hey, if you don't want to be a piece of shit and you want to get into um, the Viper room after death, and this is how you do it. Okay. <laughs> like that. Yeah. So I just, you know, I want to get there if I can. If it, if I, if I die and it all goes blank and. You know, it's a restart. Then fucking sure, I learned, and I don't. Maybe it's who knows. Maybe reincarnation's a thing. I don't fucking know. So I just, that's what I was gonna actually say. Because yeah. as a pagan druid, that's what I believe in is reincarnation. But it has the same thesis because you with reincarnation, people think that like, and and again, I don't know what the hell's going on, but people think that if you reincarnate, you forget everything from your past life. I don't necessarily subscribe to that because I feel like. Your your level of empathy is based on a lot of it is based on your your past life. So when you so is get that, that why I cry all the time? <laughs> I mean, maybe you were really sensitive, or maybe you had a hard time in your past. Who knows? No, I, um, I, it's a it's a human connection thing. I have, yeah, yeah. Like I all the time. Like there's this, you know, you drive past a person and you oh you don't even you never see them meet them or like I never meet them or anything but this image is implanted in your brain from when you saw them and you felt something from them exactly that's exactly what I'm saying all the time I have a I shouldn't say I have a problem with that it's I I it is a thing though and I so during during the dark times I went on (laughs) this path where I said I was gonna quote unquote hi my name is Earl my life (laughs) <laughs> and I felt yeah. like there was a chance. I didn't know if this was like, you know, nobody knows why, but I, I questioned myself why at the time when my band, this thing that I love so much and put my whole life into, were on top of the world. Things are kicking ass and it all gets taken away. Yeah. Is it, did I do something? Did I fuck up the matrix? Did I, what did I do? So I started going through, hitting up people, hitting up friends, like anything that Try I to reverse the karma. To yeah, yeah. To, you know what I mean? And to and to, uh, you know, make my karma wheel whole again. Um, and it's just such an odd thing to think about. But yeah, that like connection with humans, I think, is so very important. And so many people neglect it because they're so fixated on. They think that by focusing on themselves, they will achieve greatness in forms of like a materialistic idea that will then grant them the ability to lead a happy life that will lead them to salvation, where the reality is, I think, that living every day with the ability of like, you know, when you stopped by and you were in Florida on your run and there was that dude outside the 7-Eleven and he didn't ask you for a dollar. He said, I want a drink. And you walked right past his ass. Does that bother you? Yeah, sure. That doesn't bother yeah. you? Yeah. That should fucking bother you. Yeah. Because 
it that dollar unless you're on your last dollar. I get it if it's hard. If your life is right. in the same spot, I just for me this is just the my thing that I'm thinking about all the time. So I just rambled so much. No, it's but, it's, yeah, it's it's true. I, I don't know if you have children, but I was I very yeah, I, hopefully someday. I, I was a very I don't want to call myself stoic. I was not as sympathetic or as sensitive before I had my daughter. Like I was I'm trying to be alpha male, I'm trying to be, you know, meathead, whatever, just let it all brush off me, uh, you know, sensitive or sentimental gifts, don't do anything for me, blah, blah, blah. And then when she was born, it's it's almost like all that time and energy I spent holding all of that those emotions in, just just floodgates. Like everything now is just like like uh, my wife gave me uh, yesterday. I had a really rough day, so my wife gave me uh, a Father's Day gift early. Yeah. That's all good. Um, and it's a it was a book, and it was like there was a note in it about like how well how good of a dad i've been and it's all customized with her name and my name and and her growing up it's like a picture book but it's like a illustration kind of thing and i was just like i'm gonna put the book on my face so you can't see me crying right now because and i'm like two years ago three years ago i that would not have been me i would have been like oh cool it's a book it's just crazy how it's not doesn't have to be kids but there are certain things in life that will trigger a part of your personality that you didn't know you had and then something happens, yeah. whether it is a traumatic event, whether it's a special event. And then all of a sudden you're like, I didn't realize I had this in me. And that's why I think I tell people all the time, people can change. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of people have this narrow mindset where like this person can't change. And it goes back to what you were talking about with your relative who was, who was a drug addict. People have the ability oh, to change, you know? Yeah. She, she was a crackhead for 15 years. Okay. Oh, wow. Had three kids and would come in and out of the house. She would only get, you know, she'd be home long enough to have a kid. She's now been sober for over a decade. Wow. And when you see a picture from her at the end of the rope and then to now, it's amazing. And people can change. But the other thing was at her core, she was always an incredible human. She just was very sick. And, you know, sometimes it is environment and, you know, what you get around, like where she grew up, where my dad grew up, was not great. People Circumstances graduate, have a lot to do with you it. You know, yeah. it was a lot of drugs. Is uh, the end of the line after the train from New York. So it just like had a lot of shit going on. But, you know, people have to have faith that, Others can change. That person that hurt you can change. You can change. Your life can change. Your circumstances can change. It takes you know, effort too. And I, it, yeah. And I, you know, I call it the matrix. I just, <laughs> I live in the la la land. I, I, I totally get that. Like my, what I say is very much, um, like pushed or created by the realization that I did it. Um, even if, you know, God blessing, like, I hope this never does. But if it had to end, I did technically, like, achieve the dream that I had set out for myself in terms of, like, getting to be, like, in a band and tour, like, play warp Tour and, like, do all this kind of stuff that I wanted to do when I was a kid. But I do think that the only way that you get to do those things is by being so love drunk on whether it be faith, 
or, you know, just the hope of your dreams being able to come true, that the ability to, when the opportunity, when the opportunity arises, you'll take it because you believe in yourself Yeah, and you should. And, and I think- not everyone will have that kind of like feeling like, do I love to listen to re- voice recordings of myself? Yes, I love my voice. I think it's awesome. And <laughs> it, that is part of it. It's a yeah. confidence. You call it ego, whatever the fuck you want. If you ain't got some, find it because you need yeah. it. It's going to oh, help yeah. you. I you hated know? my voice until I started this podcast. Truthfully, I'm, I consider myself a decent singer and, and I just hated my, my speaking voice. Mm-hmm. And between the podcast and the YouTube channel, now I'm. it's, it's just like, it's not that I love it. I can't go in and say that, but I'm not like, insecure about it yeah. at all but i think at the end of the day when we're talking about faith and religion and all this this is a good way to wrap this up but in my opinion and i i it took me a long time to figure this out and there's a lot of people who will never figure this out and there's a lot of people who figured it out before me when people ask what's the meaning of life it's an easy answer it's happiness it's not the pursuit of happiness it's happiness so when I struggle a lot, especially being weather is really important to me and I live in Ohio. So that's mm-hmm. a terrible combination. I struggle a lot where like today it's beautiful outside, but I'm inside whether doing work or, or on a podcast or whatever. And I'm like, ah, but at the end of the day, whether it is playing six hours of magic, the gathering arena or spending an entire day with my daughter, if I'm happy, I'm not wasting time. Yeah. You know, if I'm happy or productive, I always say if I'm if, whether I'm happy or productive, I'm not wasting time. Even if it seems like I should have spent more time outside today instead of playing Xbox for six hours or or whatever the case may be, as long as I'm happy, none of that other stuff matters. You'll get those opportunities. They're, they're going to be there. Uh, and I used to really not feel that way because I was always trying to get the most out of every single second of my life. And, and just like, dude slow down if you're oh, if you're buddy. happy doing what you're doing <laughs> it's yeah like we needed to talk to it because i'm running constantly um yeah I, I i definitely get that and i i agree it is taking a moment to appreciate what you have not always chasing something else and chasing yeah. that high because i am guilty of that 24 7 um, well, and you listen and to so had, many bands yeah, yeah. And for your podcast or, or whatnot. You listen to so many bands, and I feel like you, and I'm sure you've had this introspective moment where you say you're so grateful for being in a band that's touring and that's big and, and all those things. It, it you That perspective can be acquired just from hearing how many other bands are out there that are working their asses off to get to that position that oh, you yeah. you are in. So it's like... It makes you extra grateful because you're if you don't listen to all those bands, you know, the people that keep that information. That's the whole point of my podcast. Get talk the podcast (laughs) because I just want people to know like this. Anything is possible. I mean, like Kyle, my most recent guest two years ago, right before COVID, we were booking a European tour and we needed an opening spot slot. We put Brandon Sacrifice on it because we thought they were cool. They had 14,000 monthly listeners. Yeah. Okay, let me look how many they got today. It's got to be. I'm going to go ahead and guess. Uh, I'm going to say... Oh, Let's goodness. put some bets on it real quick. Before yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, they had some fantastic... I'm going to say 404,000. They had some fantastic charting numbers. So you're... you're uh, I, I hate to do the under because I don't want to be that guy. No, no, no. I was thinking 320 first. 
It's going to be somewhere in there. I'm just going to. I'm going to say 300,000. That's my guess. 574. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. 574. Yeah. Okay. We're way right. off. Point being, <laughs> Kyle and Leo, hardest working dudes. Mm-hmm. Insanely hardworking dudes. But anything is possible. The most, the biggest problem is for a lot of people, for instance, like in that two years, a lot of people were able to dedicate themselves to something that they never had before because they had nothing else to do. So they finally worked on something that they're passionate about. With your free time, you know, focus on something that you, that fills your heart, fills your soul. Makes you happy. Um, yeah. So like featured X was that for me. Um, when Which that was going to be my last topic. Idea. So yeah, keep talking about it. Yeah. When my buddy had that idea, because um, we were just, we were working on the Left to Suffer EP. Jeff had the idea. He's like, man, it would be really cool if there was a site for this. I was like, hold on. <laughs> Called a couple buddies and I was like, hey, if we make this thing, would you do it? But during that time period, it it built relationships for me. I got to get to know so many people I never knew, like Kyle. I uh we were able to help people to pay bills, buy food, get through a very difficult time period, which brought us all closer as a community. And um it gave me something that I needed structurally at that time where, okay, if I put the bass down and I'm not spinning and singing and being a stupid piece of shit, (laughs) what skills do I have? And it gave me, you know, hope that, okay, all right, I can kind of, I'm, I'm not bad at this. I can, I can work. Uh, I didn't like sitting down that much doing 50, (laughs) 60 hours a week, but, we we built something based off solely of passion and uh you know willingness to try and it was just a good idea and you go for it and it created a lot of neat opportunities so it's really one of those things focus on themselves more pursue the things that they love pursue things so my point i was going to make is like my most recent thing because i was started getting itch again because i'm you know featured x is sold and i work with this other company now okay Um, they're really cool called fan pass live uh they're um just really lovely guys to work with. And now things have kind of like settled. And so I have a certain amount of X amount of work like I've got to do regularly. But I was like, I want to do something for fun, you know, on the side. And <laughs> I had this other idea. Somebody had spit an idea at me. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I was talking to my dad this last weekend. We were hanging out. And he finally came to see my new apartment. We were just walking around the city. And he uh, he's a big comic book fan. We went. And that's where a lot of my nerdy shit comes from. And uh, he wrote like or drew a comic book like 20 years ago, and it was really good. I was like, dude, why don't we do that? He was like, well, I don't want to. I wrote the whole plot and everything, but I, I'm not good at dialogue. And I was like, well, what if I got somebody to do dialogue? And he was like, okay. And he was like, well, we have to get it like colored and stuff too. Like I could, you know, marker it and show him, but like do the full digital. I was like, yeah, I got a guy. And I just like having, and now I'm just going to like do this cool thing with my dad. That's awesome. Because it's going to fill my soul and it's going to make me feel happy because I spend time with my dad because my dad's a fucking shit and I love him. That's awesome. Do things that make you happy. That's really cool, man. Thanks. So yeah, I'll send you a copy when it's done. Yeah, please do. um, Featured X. It was a fun passion project. It's worked I didn't realize it was sold. When did you Yeah, so technically uh, it's been sold twice. <laughs> oh wow. We had we initially sold it to a company called Artist Republic and they I've are a music company. distribution company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was to like bring new opportunities to the company where 
Jeff and I were going back to work. We didn't have 50, 60 hours a week. I can't do that while I'm on tour, um, right. all this kind of stuff. So we needed to get a, a staff and like have people working on the project regularly. There was a lot to be done. And uh, so we sold the company to Artist Republic. Sadly, Artist Republic uh, folded <laughs> and well, ended up being <laughs> sold um, in pieces. So Artist okay. Republic itself, the distro. And Featured X were sold to a company called Friendable. Friendable, uh, if you look it up, it's like a public company. They have a new project called Fan Pass Live that they have been working on that they are integrating Artist Republic and Featured X into Fan Pass Live. Um, and these guys just have a lot more experience. Uh, it is a little bit safer, be that luckily they're already public. So, like for me, getting involved in that, it wasn't like, a, well, let's try to make you know, a public, a company go public. It's like, okay, at least I'm going to like get something out of this. And, uh, cause there's a lot of work, a lot of bullshit, a lot of lawyers, not fun. And, uh, not as easy as breakdowns. <laughs> and, uh, True story. luckily we've come out the other end much stronger. Currently the site is being worked on and we're going to do a complete overhaul and rebuild of the site. Uh, and then just really continue to focus on, growth and uh getting the community to um back to where i wanted it to be so um, this is going to come full circle because this is something i would like to send to my my the artists that i manage fan pass when when somebody signs up with fan pass and once it's integrated with featured x it, that's just a, is that going to be a, a, like on their dashboard or whatever on fan pass uh -huh. is that going to be yeah. a, a okay okay very cool i like that and it's and you could do individually featured x without doing Okay. Uh, fan pass. But if you want to have all of the other things that will be offered, which are cool, like, you know, the, you know, we want to find opportunities for other people to go along with this, for instance, you know, yeah, ticketing, sales, promotions, like that is all great. But also, like, you're a band, you're on tour, you know, people all over the world want to see you, but you're playing the United States. Well, cool. Let's do <laughs> a, a video or a, like, you know, a video session, a live stream of your set and sell tickets to it and get people that can watch the show that's in Seattle, but they're in, you know, fucking Prague and they want to watch your band for five bucks. And they yeah. did. And it was great. That's awesome. You know? So there's a lot of cool stuff. These guys um i've been a real joy to work with and i'm excited to you know get the project back um on course uh because it definitely for a little while was rocky people were frustrated it, they weren't getting paid as quickly as they needed to be because things with artist republic just were not exactly what uh, was sold to me and uh it was uh frustrating as fuck but luckily we're kicking butt we're doing good our sales last year were great and i'm really happy to uh be continuing to work with the everybody so and for anybody who's all this this is what I, the last thing i'll say on featured x but for anybody who who is like i have this great business idea but it's probably been done already uh, that, i can't imagine when you guys originally thought of this idea you guys like oh this has to exist like this already has it. to exist <laughs> right uh, but but when you think of yeah. something like that the first thing at least in my my mind the first thing i always think of is like yeah this has to be out there already like somebody's got to be doing this somebody did one that uh, like you could see like a PDF with people's prices and stuff and you <laughs> yeah, could email. <laughs> yeah. Like you could email and hope that they'd like get back to you and yada, yada, but uh, it wasn't as direct as like, you know, when people see it and they're like, okay, when I send 
my song to you know like you can't right now because he's uh about to go on like tour and shit or release a new album but um kellen for instance right big fan of sleeping with sirens myself you look at the idea of sending this person your song and you don't you're like will they actually listen to it Mm-hmm. that's legit that person answering their profile, listening to your song and deciding if they want to do it. It's not a manager telling them yes or no. It's not booking agents, not the label. It's not whatever. It's them. So that's the beauty of it is there are relationships and opportunities that can be built from it. The best example was Magnolia Park. Okay. Magnolia Park, the site goes up and we gradually you know, built up a pretty, pretty solid roster around time that Cowan joined the site, which was brought to me from he, a buddy of mine, which is crazy. Um, shout out Andrew Bayless. Hey, Andrew, we know Andrew. Um, that band had really great songs that for first and foremost, Magnolia Park is a great band with great songs. Okay. So that band did all the right things, which get talked about when, you know, at least on my show pretty regularly. So they had really good songs to start, which is great. Cool band, cool name, you know, cool brand. And then they see this site and they were smart. They hired Kellen Quinn, I am Jake Hill and uh, Ollie Baxter. Love me some Jake Hill, by the way. Songs. Yeah, Jake Hill is fucking great. So be on these songs, okay? Get some in the music videos band starts popping off people are listening to the band videos are doing good boom 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 magnolia park is moving okay out of nowhere one of the smartest bands of the COVID times because the way they use the shit then they get signed to epitaph now they're opening for a day to remember two fucking years motherfucker yeah why because they were smart and they had great shit and they put it together in a well-structured, good, worthwhile fucking package where you need all of it. You can have a great song. You can have a hot singer. You can have a good band. (laughs) You can have a good brand. But if you don't put all these things in the same fucking place for someone like my dumbass to instantly just go, that thing, Magnolia (laughs) sleeping with, okay, music video, dirt. And I click on it and I like it. And now I'm a fan of the band. Boom, make it easy for me. Stop making it fucking hard. Not everything is bony Vare, some super artistic fucking thing made in a cabin in the fucking forest, and everyone's going to give it a Grammy. That's not going to be you, more than likely. But you could be one of these people who's a smart fucking band with a good product that puts together something that's fucking great for everybody to just absorb. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and that stuff never happens. You talk about easiness. It never happened when you would just email, like you said, these managers or these publicists. I, you know, I, I... <coughs> email publicists every day, managers every day, and you have to present yourself in a certain way that is quote-unquote industry standard. But when you're working with the artists themselves, you get to be yourself because the artists are you. It's it's your peers. You're not working with somebody who went to, you know, no, no offense to the, the high ups in the industry, but you're not working with somebody who got a master's in, in communication and, and, and all that where they expect Here. a certain kind of, of prowess when you're talking to them. You're working with somebody who started a garage band when they were 13, just like you did and all that stuff. So when you centralize that as featured X, it one, it gets rid of the middleman, which is always great. 
But two, you're 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 developing that relationship with somebody who's just like you. You're not trying to develop that relationship through somebody else. It's no hate to me. Obviously, I'm a manager for a living. You manage bands, and, and it's like so. There's no hate to to those people, but at the same time, some things are just more efficient when you're dealing with people that are just like you. So I yes. think that's like the best part of that. Yeah. And uh, that always goes back to the, you know, the saying, uh, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. But, um, you know, that's the cool thing about this world, man, is like, you know, going back to Magnolia Park or that, like anybody could have hired, lots of people hired the, all those individuals from the site. But they did it in a special way where they did, they hired all those people, they put it out real spicy, bada bang, boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, you're just getting hit with this stuff and you you keep seeing this band consistently. And that's the other thing is like, don't take forever between your releases and shit. Like, when yeah, you start especially to get right some now, attention, shelf life is fucking yeah. keep, keep going. going, man. Keep going. Come on. Like, Absolutely. Captivate on it and, and it will yield you better results. Yeah. All this stuff is behind a paywall, it's all a fucking algorithm. You know, you can sit and you can bitch about it or you can just fucking you get play into the game it and do it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And exactly. I just think it's the same thing that I relate it to when people had issues with selling tickets to go play a show. Well, I could either complain that I don't want to sell tickets and I cannot open for, you know, whatever fucking large XYZ, band asking right? Alexandria. Yeah. Or I'm going to sell these motherfucking tickets and I'm going to open for that band. And I'm going to blow the roof off the place, too. I'm, and then you yeah, fans, yeah yeah you know? so just, so your your cup is half full depends on how you're looking at it yeah absolutely and, and and when you i don't know if magnolia park has done this yet but it will be cool at some point because this will happen where a client a, a a customer of featured x will become a client of featured oh, x yeah. and oh, that's yeah. kind of like seeing your 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 high school football coach and then now you're in the nfl and you're that high school football coach you're like I was part of that. that, that Pretty that's, cool. That's got to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that was the thing that like you would hope as a fan of music that like maybe that could happen and seeing some people who have um, had some success um, like through the site is pretty fucking cool. And I've um, I definitely will like continue to champion that band and like ride for them. And I'm I'm always very excited, like even just seeing like my cousin post oh, I'm really excited to go to Eat Your Heart Out Fast and see Magnolia <laughs> Park. And I'm just like, oh, well, cuz, like, do you know, like, my site? I got a story for you, yeah. <laughs> them and blah, blah, blah. And, like, and it's not like I want any part of, like, trying to take uh, right. Magnolia Park's success. Uh, we're very blessed that Featured X was lucky to, like, maybe have, like, assisted them in some way. But their hard work, their great songs, their great band, their effort is what makes them a success. Again, the coach analogy. If you're a coach yes. for a sports team, you're not playing it for the player. The player's got to go out there and execute the plays. You're just yeah. putting them in that position to be successful. So and, 100%. Yeah, and going back to there are plenty of other people who have hired those guys or other people to sing on their songs through the site. That band has capitalized on it in a specific, very interesting and very successful way. And I think that if you are looking at a young act to look at and be like, hmm, I'm looking for some sauce. Where can I get it? Go check them out. Like, because they're smart. They're working really, really hard. And I think they just know how to 
captivate people's attention. Absolutely. Um, and they have a new song that's out with Derek for Mayday Parade. So. Beautiful. All right, yeah. so wrap it up. Anything you want to plug before, obviously we've plugged a lot, but anything else you want to plug before we uh, wrap it up? Well, listen to Get Talk, the podcast. Go to FeaturedX.com. Listen to Exquisite Dolor and the Gloom in the Corner. Don't listen to Left to Suffer like I fucking <laughs> said before. Fuck that fucking band. Taylor, don't kill me. Um, and uh, yeah, try to be happier. Life isn't that bad. And your MTG arena handle. Don't forget that one. Oh, uh, get talked exclamation point hashtag some fucking numbers and shit. I don't fucking remember. Seven, six, something or other. Let me look real quick. Uh, seven, six, five, eight, four. Get talked exclamation point hashtag seven, six, five, eight, four. Let's I'm about to roll. add you and we're going to we're going to duel. It'll be, it'll be go. a good time. I'm down. All right, but, man. Dude, well, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, of course. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, yeah. buddy. 